0: What's up? Welcome back to the All Sports Best podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you. I'm Trey your host. Today we have a fantastic guest on the show, Alexis Hornbuckle was uh, was gracious enough to sit down and join us. Of course, it was uh, on a remote call and she has really put together a heck of a basketball career. Two championships in college, two championships in the pros, played overseas as well, and just really got the full-on culture of basketball. Now, as a high school coach, uh, she really can bring it all together. It's almost like a like a buffet of knowledge from what I've been able to gather, and she's super humble about everything. She had a chance to play uh, for Pat Summit with Candace Parker in college. Ha, I mean, so many cool things. You guys have to hear some of these stories. I believe you will really enjoy this one. I know I did. It was a fun. It was a fun interview. She's a really cool person, and um, I encourage you to check it out. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Alexis Hornbuckle.
1: Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Up. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your
0: one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to All Sports Best, the podcast. I'm Trey Gonzalez, your host, and very excited to introduce our next guest a former champion, NCAA champion, a former WNBA player, and WNBA champion, Alexis Hornbuckle. How are you doing today, Alexis? I'm
1: doing good, Trey. Thank you.
0: I've got so many questions for you. I think you're your body of work has just been fantastic. It continues to grow. And uh, that's just something that I love to see as a sports fan and everything that you've done is, is really incredible. You've had some great experiences along the way, haven't you?
1: Oh, absolutely. I have.
0: You won uh, two national championships at Tennessee and uh, you got to play under a legendary Pat summit. You uh, had, you know, you were able to go to the WNBA. It was, it had to have been a mm-hmm. tough journey throughout the way. So, can you tell me, like, when it was that you first were like, you know what? I, I think I've got a thing for this sport called basketball.
1: Um, honestly, I started playing organized sports when I was four, but I fell in love with soccer first. Okay. Um, I played basketball. My older brother played, I mean, we're only 15 months apart. My dad coached and played, uncles, cousins. So I was. I grew up in the gym. And probably around eight or nine, I started to realize, you know, like I'm actually pretty decent at this mm. and just kept, you know, my dad said, do you want to play or do you want to play? Meaning, is this just a game to you or do you want to be the best at this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided, hey, why not? Let's see, I'm going to go to be the best. That's or awesome. one of the
0: best. So yeah. how did how did he help you along the way? Was was he in the gym every single day? Was he, you know, encouraging you? Like how, how yeah, did pretty that... much Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he grew up teaching us the game, fundamentals first, defense, rebounding passing, and then scoring and shooting. Um, and he was in the gym whether it was playing at during lunch hour, um, coaching A U or YMCA team, or uh, taking us to YMCA practices and games. Um, you know, my mom was obviously there, but my dad being a coach, you know, that's who most of our time was spent in the gym with.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. So I like to ask this question because a lot of the athletes that we have on the show always kind of preach one way or the other. And I want to hear your side of things. (laughs) You had, you played basketball and you played soccer in high school. You said that soccer was your first love, but you actually continued to play m- multiple sports until college. How do you fi- How do you figure that helped you be a more well-rounded athlete?
1: Oh, it was essential for my growth as an athlete. I mean, I, I probably had lower, uh, or not lower. I had probably had the least amount of my injuries when I was playing different sports. I played mm. soccer from age four. Uh, all the way through high school. actually had offers in soccer as well. Um, and then on top of that, I did high jump. I ran 300 hurdles in track. Jeez. Um, so for me, it was my body was constantly being trained. Plus, I was always outside playing and working on my own, playing football with the boys, You know, playing basketball at the parks after school, playing basketball. I always had a ball in my hand, but my body got used to being able to rely on all types of muscle groups, even the the small ones that you don't think about mm. when it comes to like moving like your ankles and achilles and your calves like you know soccer players you have to be real agile on your feet, you have to have strong hips sure. your legs um quads are typically stronger, so as your quads are stronger, you got more support for your knees, so you know you're you're overall you're cutting down you know, the number of uh, injuries, but also it's still a high risk sport because, you know, your knees and legs are constantly exposed um, while you're running full speed or planting or whatever. But um, I definitely, I got to give a lot of credit to playing multiple sports growing up.
0: Yeah. That was one of the best answers I've heard because a lot of times it's just like, yeah, you know, I was a little more athletic because I got to play both ways, which is probably true in your case as well. But I mean, to prevent injuries and be able to actually use that not just in in, mentally, but, uh, okay. So you were an MVP of the all American game in high school. What did that feel like? I mean, goodness gracious. (laughs) I mean, you had success Uh, from like the get go. And then of course, university of Tennessee, that's not just a pushover school, obviously.
1: Right. Uh, winning that MVP game was huge. I mean, it's the McDonald's all Americans, what you live for as a young kid growing up to, to be ranked and then once you're ranked to become an all-american and overall mcdonald's all-american at that time for us there was also wbca um women's basketball coaches association who held um like a mcdonald's all-american type game every year at the location of the final four Mm. so you know to be on those to get those invites because they're invitation only committees pick the players and to come up in the class that I came up with, whether Candace Parker, Sylvie, Fowles, Candace Wiggins, Essence Carson, Mati Adjavon, Nikki Osique, um, Alex Fuller, uh, you know, just everybody, Shade Wally Gatewood. It was just uh, that class was so strong and I'm only mentioning a few names on a few teams, like yeah. I'm talking worldwide. So that nice. right there was that was a great feeling because all the work And all the discipline that I went through and the self-discipline that I was able to stay focused and and continue to grow my game and listen, you know, when I needed to listen and be pushed, that's what led to that moment. So that was pretty amazing. And it's, it's, I don't know, just something that I just smile about every time I see a picture or or get reminded of it.
0: Yeah. Goosebumps. Really. That's incredible. (laughs) You, uh, did you play alongside Renee Montgomery in high school?
1: I did, that's like my little sis what? Um, So we played together <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, And Successful. it's funny because her dad and my mom I mean, yeah, her dad and my mom uh, spent Their families, they spent a lot of time together Growing up, them And then, you know, we, me and Renee One of my best friends So, um, yeah, we grew up We went to a high school uh, Competed against each other And then it was junior high Now it's middle school But um, went to the same high school Both times Went to two different high schools together, actually
0: Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. She's actually been on the podcast. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you went to the university of Tennessee and, uh, like, I, like we talked about before MVP of the all all American game, that doesn't just mean university of Tennessee wanted you. And that was it. I mean, you had to have been fielding offers left and right. Who are some of the notable names that you had to just kind of decide against to go to your school?
1: Uh, Yukon, of course, Duke, North Carolina, uh, Florida. To be completely transparent instead of naming these schools, I really had I had any choice that I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I mean we had tra- I had I remember having trash bags, four or five big black outdoor trash bags full of letters Jeez. from colleges. <laughs> so that's kinda where that went. I just you know, I was I just bled orange at an early age.
0: Okay. That's cool. So you had a passion for the school before it even became a reality. Correct.
1: Yeah. In, I believe it was 1999. I can't remember. It was in the 90s when there was an HBO special on Coach Summon and the Lady Balls and the Cinderella season. And Coach, like the girls went out or something or didn't make curfew. Anyway, they broke a team rule and she put four trash cans on the end of each corner and ran them until they threw up until... You know, all the trash cans got
2: hit. Oh, damn.
1: I was like, told my parents, like, that's where I want to go. I need that. Like, I'm crazy enough to say, you know what? I need that. That lady's crazy, crazier than me because that's not something I want to do, but it's something that, you know, I want to know that no matter what, I'm going to be pushed. And if I slack off, I'm going to get pushed even harder to get back on track.
0: I feel like that mindset's got to be rare because the usual mindset of a, <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a star athlete is they got sweet gear, they get to go here and do this, and I get to get the spotlight. But for you, it was like, I'm going to improve. I'm going to get better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that's, the, that's how my dad raised me. That was the kind of our culture and our household, uh, even in our family. So, you know, to me, I didn't know any other way.
0: Can you give us any uh, Pat Summit story that maybe stood out to you? Something funny, something that crazy? I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, I'd tell you because I just brought this up uh on one of my podcasts, Bucked Up, and I was talking about how <laughs> coach, we were playing away game at South Carolina and I mean I was playing terrible and so was the I was the backup point guard at that time. Lori Moore was the senior, she was the starting point. Uh but we both were playing absolutely terrible. And I forgot what I did, and but they were shooting the free throw, and I'm at half court, and she goes, Hornbuckle, you look like you never touched a ball a day in your life. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I was like, Well, you recruited me, and that was the end of I didn't play the rest of the game, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say.
1: But that's, Yeah, needless to say, players, I definitely don't recommend you doing that. But I was just so shocked. Like, she came at you hard. She Mm. don't care if it's, you know, practice, uh, individual workouts, game. She will hold you accountable. She will find those buttons that make you say, all right, coach, let me show you.
0: Mm. Okay. Was there any – tell me what she did as far as knowing where you stood. Did you always know, okay, I'm, you know, I'm backup, or I'm the starting stud, or – like, how did she let you know that, you know, you were going to get your time or she, she believed in you? How, how did she do that?
1: Well, it came through practice. Um, you know, she lets you know what, what you need. It comes through team meetings before practice or games or after practice or games. It comes from – she has an open-door policy. You know, you walk in the office, you're saying hi to everybody, or you're waiting in between the practice or something, doing some homework. and going in there and she, you know, she'll just pick your brain a little bit. Like, what do you think your role is on this team? What do you think the team needs from you in order for us to win? Um, And, you know, you give your spill and she tells you whether you're right um, or close to it or completely off. And then she'll tell you exactly what she needs your role to be. And that's what you kind of conform to.
0: I got to know, when you win a national championship, and, and in your case it's two, uh, but when you win one for your college, things change a little. I mean, they have to. What changed when you guys went from this studly team, you guys were killing it, to actually winning the championship? Was there any difference on campus, in the community? How did you guys get received? Oh man, We got received. I mean, our
1: fans are amazing. Let's start there, lady ball gentlemen best fans in the nation and I know a lot of schools say that but when you're playing every single game with 22, 25, 28,000 people and you go to away games and it's, it's flooded with orange no matter what state we're in, no matter what team we're playing, no matter the, t- the talent level of the competition, they came to support Pat Summitt and the Lady Falls. It, it's it's like they were so thankful. We, I mean you have that big ceremony afterwards so like in the hotel all the fans and family members and all of that. Then you go home to Knoxville the next day. You you um, pull up to uh, get back in your cars. The bus drops you off, you know, because we fly in, and then the bus is right there, and then we go to our cars. But yeah. there, there's more fans there waiting, right? Jeez. And then there's a rally. There's a rally that same day, typically, like, afternoon, and the place is packed. You know, that's when they give Coach Summit her, her newest Mercedes.
0: Uh, and, oh, so she, yeah, every she got the hookup on got, the bonus.
1: Yeah, well, no, it became a thing. Like, her first, our very first championship, Mercedes donated a car, and after that, it was like every year, they just – it was crazy. And then, obviously, you win, they give you the newest one. So all the coaches got upgraded on our first one, so that was pretty cool to watch. Um, yeah, and, and then I didn't even – I don't know if I should say this. No, I'm not going to say that. But the teachers were very, um, you know, ecstatic and cooperative as well when it came to, you know, um,
0: how quickly we got back after after winning. That's a good way of putting it. I I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you got drafted. So let's move. So we're moving forward. Drafted, fourth overall. I mean, got to be a great feeling. Um, How did you feel about that, by the way? I know some – You hear some NBA stories. You hear some – just every major sports professional league stories of people that didn't get drafted first that say, well, you know, I should have gotten drafted first. I had a chip on my shoulder. Did you feel that way or were you just grateful for that really high spot?
1: Um, I was grateful to be drafted at all, number one. Uh, But as a a competitor – I, I felt like I should have really been in that top three. Okay. Um, you know, cause I, you talk about your top two, Candace Parker, Sylvia Files. Uh, You can't teach height. And you know, those are extremely skilled, you know, post and wing players. So, and I think when it came down to stats and all of that, they, they definitely deserve that because their stats and, and their success, you know, whether it was all American team, uh, whether it was making or winning sec titles, and of course, national titles. I believe that they earned that due to the numbers. And Candace Wiggins was a great player, but, you know, I would have, me being me, I would have loved to see me be in the top three.
2: Yeah. She
1: may have outscored me overall in those four years, but when it came down to it, um, we took home the more, you know, more championships. But I get it. You know, everybody, every team needs different things. And I'm going to say that God makes zero mistakes because Detroit was the perfect situation for me.
0: Yeah, a championship with Detroit, a championship with Minnesota. Can you tell me which one of those meant more to you if, if you can?
1: Uh the Detroit one meant uh probably the most just because it was so surreal coming off, you know, the college championship. Mm. The very next day we, we was the draft. You know, a few days later I'm in Detroit already starting to do this the rookie stuff that you gotta do. And then not even a few weeks later, you know, you're you're there for training camp. So it's it's like I never came off that competitive edge of the grind of being a champion. Mm-hmm. So I tried to, you know, I just literally gave every ounce of me um, in practices and games and being coached by the bad boys, Bill Embiid, Rick Mahorn. Um, and then on top of that, you got coach Cheryl Reeves, who obviously has a dynasty in Minnesota. Those were my coaches. Yeah. So I I, it, I didn't have that drop off of the push that coach Summit used to give me. Um and so I was blessed to to come into that and to be able to you know earn my spot and and make a make a pretty decent impact when it came to competing and, and winning that championship.
0: So was it was it a a very physical coaching style at, in Detroit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. were like the bad boys 2.0.
0: That's awesome. That is so cool. That's really sweet. Okay, so tell me how coaching, getting coached by. Uh, coach Summit, how getting coached in the NB- WNBA in, in multiple cities and even going overseas to play, how all that factored into how you coach now at the at the private school at the high school level?
1: Uh, I think it. I mean, it factors in a lot um, because I'm able to pick from different great minds, whether they were my teammates, um, whether they were people I played against, and, and built friendships. Where they were coaches, assistant coaches, GMs, seeing the game in a different light, mm. um, learning how to study film. You know, from a middle school, junior high level to a high school level, to more of that college pro level because it is a little different uh, of what the mind can can hold, and you know the challenges that you can give a person watching film. Like if it's a middle school, you're more you're more so having them watch their effort and you know where to clean up their mistakes. Uh, when you get to high school, it's like, look, this is what they're doing. You need to do this uh, offensively or defensively. You mm-hmm. need to do this when, when this happens. You have to be able to counter a lot quicker. Right. You have to be able to think on your own a lot more. So the study of the game becomes more intense. And then obviously you level up to college and pros, and you better know everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, you really do. So that's how that goes.
1: Yeah, so that's how that goes, and, and there's a level, and, and in most cases, kids aren't taught how to watch films. So one thing that we're implementing this year is, you know, like weekly film study, and it doesn't even have to be on our games or our practices. It can be on other successful players, whether current or former, mm. so that they start to understand the game and what level they're trying to get to. Sure,
0: sure. So I think I'm going to give you credit because extra credit. How about that? Um, <laughs> when you coach college ball. It's not very I mean there's probably that rare player that maybe has a parent that's going to speak up or maybe a a complaint. It's it's probably there but it's not very it's not very common. WNBA just doesn't happen. But in the high school, yeah, of course. you might just you might just have the hardest oh. job with parents more than anything. Is that is that's that present?
1: That's the worst part. Yeah. That's the worst part. It's not the kids man. if the parents could learn to stand back. And let their child develop away from them without micromanaging the coach, without demanding playing time, without, you know, causing mm-hmm. scenes. And it's really hurting the child because it's not the parents that we're trying to set up for these athletic and academic scholarships. It's their kids. Right. And some people just feel have to, the need to, uh, you know, hover over their kids, helicopter parenting, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no coach is good enough. I don't care what their resume or experience is. They feel like they know more. They feel like they got more to offer. I mean, there's times when parents contradict you. You're telling your kid this, they go home, they're working on something. You come back like, what in the world is this? Oh, well, my dad said it's better to do it this way. Mm -hmm. What? Okay. Right. And then I have to correct (laughs) it. Then then we, as our co- my coaching staff, my father, uh, actually my girlfriend, Sandra Garcia, she played at Wake Forest eight years for the Puerto Rican national team and eight years overseas. Okay. Um, Steph Curry's aunt, uh, India Adams, is one of our coaches. Oh, nice. Josh Sheehan, he played at App State. So I take pride in picking with my coaching staff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we just, we will talk to the parents. Like, listen, if this is the role you want to play, we will help you find another program where you can have a little more control because this ain't the one for you.
0: That's the best way to go about it, but it's so hard to do I feel like in today's um, in today's modern time as far as like parents go and stuff like that, it's so overbearing. I feel like a lot of coaches give into that. So I think it's really cool to see how you implement some of the things you learned from your former coaches and then of course your own playing style saying, I'm sorry, but I've seen it, I've lived it, I've done it. It just doesn't work when somebody just is handed something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they, they don't work
0: as hard. They don't yeah. work
1: as hard. Well, because they don't they don't know what it's like to work for something. They're mm-hmm. given everything. And when they're pushed, it's too much. Or my mom doesn't talk to me like that. Or I don't have to do. I, my parents tell me I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Well, guess what, sports? You're going to have to do a lot of what you don't want to do. Guess what's going to happen in life? You're going to have to do a lot of what you don't want to do. Let's figure out how even when I don't want to do it, I hold myself accountable and I do it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Love it. It,
1: it. it's tough. It depends on why you do youth sports. Are you doing it for the money or are you doing it for the kids? If you're doing it for the money and it's only a business, that's where you see the, co- the coaches and, and administrators conforming to the parents because they're the ones cutting the checks. Right. If you're in it for the girls and you have a solid foundation of what it really takes, then you'll type the, the type of athletes and parents and families
0: that are exactly what you're looking
1: for because you'll be exactly what they're looking
0: for. Yeah. Awesome. And I I love this because we do have student athletes that listen to the podcast and when they do so I feel like sometimes I I want them to learn a little something. This is one of the bigger ones that just has to be this has to be heard. So I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So I want to know, do you have a favorite team that you played for? And if so, why or maybe a favorite city you got to play in? If that makes it easier.
1: Oh, man, can we break this down by levels?
0: Let's do it. All
1: right. So, obviously, my favorite team I played for is in college, Tennessee Lady Vols. Um Favorite team I played for in the pros, I'd probably say Detroit. Uh, definitely say Detroit, not probably. And then okay. overseas, my favorite team I played for, um, I would probably say in Israel, holon it's a city called holon and yeah those would be those would be the teams now the cities mm, while in college i guess obviously we went to the virgin virgin island so that was my favorite college city uh that i played in nice. in the WNBA. um i mean i love atlanta period so that's pretty sweet <laughs> i love yeah. going there yeah um Seattle is very nice, but you know, you got to catch the weather. It's always raining, but when it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, And then overseas, Israel, again, like that is my second home. I tell people all the time, like I'm driving the back roads in Israel. Like I've been there, played like about five seasons there. So one of my favorite countries by far.
0: Tell me what it was over there. Tell me the difference between basketball here in America versus overseas.
1: Uh, well, overseas is a different style of play. They're, their youth are underdeveloped uh, in terms of skills and fundamentals and the teaching and the level that they're at compared to Americans. But they understand the game a little different. And the way that they move, obviously, you have the Euro step, which is a huge part of the American game now. But yeah. that was common for them. you know So there are a lot of things that we've taken from European style of basketball, stretching out the defense, your post players, being able to knock down threes, your fours, and your fives. Um, So doing that and kind of slowing the the game down because here in the the States, we're really known for speed and power and athleticism. You know, not every player is like that, but overall uh, from the outside looking in. Um, And and it's very evident in practices or games when, you know, somebody, a native from a country is guarding a, a tough American guard. They just, they're not quick enough. Sure. you know, or they don't have that body type. So they're not strong enough. Not that they're not a good player. It's just we're developed
0: different. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And, and tell me about being a professional athlete. I always love to kind of hear a little bit more about what it's like, not just as that, as an athlete, but any perks that you specifically loved. Like, I don't know, some, I've heard, Anything from you know massages every week to just free gear on free gear what was one what were some of the things that you loved about it most
1: yeah definitely the re- the recovery process massages every week uh, the um i mean because we traveled- um com- uh, we traveled commercial so it wasn't the flights wasn't definitely the highlight and we didn't the hotels were nice, though. I did stay in my first Ritz and Lowe's.
0: Dang. So that was pretty dope. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that, that, that'll <laughs> yeah, make a lot Yeah, well, that
1: was like my first year in the league, though. We, the, the WNBA must have started losing a lot of money, because that giant went down quick. But, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> definitely the, the accommodations and, you know, just how you, everything that you have access to to make sure that you can put your body in the best condition it could possibly be in, mm-hmm. whether that's massages, you know, the dormitex the... Game readies, um, different, different doctors, chiropractors. This is on top of your trainer. though. So I I just enjoyed that as someone who has terrible knees. I love that aspect of it.
0: So, and I, and I really do appreciate you being on, on our show. You have a show, so it's, this is time for the plug. (laughs) Alexis, tell me, tell us about your podcast and, uh, where we can find it and all of it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for this. Um, I have a podcast um now four episodes in called Bucked Up uh with Alexis Hornbuckle. Uh the majority of it is me, myself. Sometimes I'll have a guest, but it's really just talking about things that are crazy or funny in the world that people be like, dang, that's effed up, but instead of, you know, cussing, we say bucked up. I use my ah. name. Um so that's yeah <laughs> So that's typically Friday nights. It's it's normally a short live show. Just um another another way for me to engage with people and followers and fans and family um and I love to talk and have a good time so it's it's one of my fun podcasts that's awesome um yeah, and you can find that on volunteerroadshow dot com it it goes live on Facebook, youtube, and twitter uh every Friday, so yeah, check it out, bucked up
0: sweet we'll do and uh with that being said, how much do I have to pay you if I use that phrase? <laughs>
1: What? But <laughs> I'm gonna send you the contract.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have to. I'll get that back to you ASAP. Um. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um. Alexis, before you go, do you have any extra advice you might give to young athletes aspiring to be successful in their sport, maybe at the professional level or just at the college level, even?
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um. Any young athlete, uh, or aspiring uh, professional athlete that is looking to really. You know, have a, a an athletic athletic scholarship and continue on to play at the professional level. You have to trust the process. It's not going to always be fun. It's not always going to be pretty, and it's never going to be easy. Actually, the harder you're tested, the more you're pushed. Mm. That's normally the area or the people you want to keep close to you. You don't want, you know, the, I call them the yes mans on your team or in your close circle because you'll never be able to grow. And greatness is on the other side of being uncomfortable so you really have to be comfortable being uncomfortable um and yeah just continue to trust the process you have to be your number one fan but you also you have to be your the your hardest coach your hardest trainer your hardest nutritionist you got to eat right you know listen to your body rest is just as important as the work the workload that you're putting in uh and be smart about it and any athlete young athlete if you are looking to play in college or the pros reach out to me uh, you can go to alexishornbuckle.com. You can contact me from there. You can ask questions. I always give out one free uh, phone call or Zoom or virtual meeting where we can talk about you know, your plans for the future and how I can help.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, absolutely. alexishornbuckle.com, that's where you can find it. Um, well, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. I wish you the very best. and I'm going to go and check out Bucked Up.
1: <laughs> thank you, Trey. I appreciate you having me thanks for listening to the all sports best podcast give us a five-star rating on apple podcast or spotify and follow us on facebook instagram or twitter and join the conversation till next time this is the all sports best podcast